The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. We will kick off with one of the biggest events that happened across the weekend. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people got out on Sunday and braved the heat. To be fair, you'd have been very much braving the heat on Sunday. If you were out for the Cork City Marathon, now people did a half marathon, people did 10k. One young man I know very well, young Sam Higgerty from Douglas, he did a 10k with his mates and indeed did a marvellous job. And there was loads of people. There was fantastic scenes of camaraderie and goodwill and fun and just people being kind to one another, being nice to each other around the City Marathon because it was a really warm day. It was a scorcher of a day. Sunday was an absolute belter of a day. We headed off down to uh, we headed off down to, to East Cork in the in the afternoon once the traffic restrictions were lifted. But in Turnish Cross, for example, there was people hosing down the runners. It was fantastic. I saw some video. People out with the garden hoses and running a little, you know, yeah. Of course, there'll be some fellas saying, you're wasting the water. But listen, hey, it was fun. And it was lovely. And it was a really, really hot day. The, the, the winner was a guy called um, Powell Kosek. Uh, he'd been second last year and he won it this year. A uh, Polish lad. Uh, he came over the finishing line, Patrick Street, uh, in uh, 2.28.24. It would take me that long to think about driving it. Just me. Uh, he said the heat was tough. I bet it was. I bet it was. It was his fourth Cork City Marathon. The first woman over the line was Georgie Brunvels. I hope I have the name right. A member of the Aldershot and Farnham Athletic Club. And she joins me. Georgie is someone with a Cork connection. Um, and she won the, the women's race in a time of 2.42.15. She was... 15 minutes ahead of second placed Zola Flynn. Georgie, good morning and congratulations to you. Thank you very much. Hi, nice to speak with you. Your connections to Cork, what are yeah. they? So, um, my three times great grandfather um, designed the reconstruction of the Cork courthouse yeah. in Washington Street in 1891 actually um, my mum remembers many times she would come over um, to the area when she was young and we were actually walking past the courthouse and my mum was like oh my goodness this is it and I think we're, we're very like fond of our, the Irish side of our family and your great really great great grandfather that is was William, William yes, Henry William. Hill William Henry Hill, yeah. yeah. He was in, he was responsible for some churches as well. He was, he uh, was yeah. He, he designed actually a church very close to us here, uh, St. Luke's yeah. Church, which is only a two minutes walk from yeah. the from the radio station. And I think there's a plaque there actually in remembrance of him as well. Yeah. Would you be a, a regular visitor to Cork over the years? Um, I actually come over to Ireland quite a lot, um, not to Cork specifically. Um, actually, my family, so they moved from Cork to Villiers Town. In Waterford, um, yeah. So, yeah, in Waterford, so um, we actually stopped us there on the way. But um, yeah, we have some family in the relative vicinity, but not actually in Cork now. So what's your day job, Georgie, other than running Cork City Marathon and things like that? What's <laughs> Um, so I'm a researcher and applied scientist, so um, I primarily work with female athletes. 
Um, and I guess my, my main focus is supporting them around the hormonal changes. So really focusing on the menstrual cycle and understanding like barriers to sport. Um, but then also really trying to drive increased participation and um, I guess performance through education. Um, and doing research. So, um, yeah, I actually work for an Irish company called Orico, um, who are from Sligo originally, but then have um, offices in Galway. I see. So your research is based on women in sport? Yes, exactly, yeah. Okay, what what are the things you you look at particularly? You mentioned the menstrual cycle there. Yes. Yeah, so um, I guess like hormonal fluctuations, hormonal changes, um, and like really trying to understand so we know that say for example 95 percent of female athletes experience unwanted symptoms associated with the menstrual cycle yet 85 percent have never had any education about it um so i'm really trying to close the gap with my team and and a number of my colleagues um by like delivering education but then also thinking about how we can get them to the field of play or the tennis court or the swimming pool in as best shape as possible by really understanding them because everyone is unique and yeah. individual everyone's body presents different, yeah. differently 50% if you like of the sporting population of the world have this thing that happens once a month and yeah. might affect their performance I mean if you're an athlete with an important race coming up for example you're watching the date yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, yeah, you're, you're right. There's four billion women, and I think actually latest figures it's fifty-one percent women um, across the life cycle. Women actually typically spend ten years of their life actually menstruating. So um, it's something which for so long we've kind of shamed and not wanted to talk about, but. We're all about flipping it on its head and really changing the narrative because you're so right, like people count the days and, and dread the idea of it. But in all reality, actually, knowledge is power. And we know that if you're proactive and prepared, it can mitigate symptoms like and hopefully take them away altogether. And actually, many people like Paula Radcliffe would widely talk about this, how on her period she would actually run really well and she broke the record when she was menstruating the world record when she was menstruating so but if you're not proactive and prepared then effectively you're less likely to achieve and that's the work you do researching how best to improve that for women researching and then doing education as well so i've kind of got a hybrid role of doing research and then um being applied as well how better to apply it than by running exactly. things like the Cork City Marathon, Georgie? I, I know that, and, and thank you for taking our call, because I, I know you're rushing for a flight. So is it business or pleasure you're headed to the States for? Business. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you get to it. And thank you very much thank for being us. Congratulations again. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers, Georgie, and safe, safe journey to the stage. That's Georgie Bunvels, uh, the winner of the women's race at the Cork City Marathon. Right, John O'Driscoll, I love this Facebook post. John, six months ago, you were in prison and you ran the marathon on Sunday. Good morning and congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yes, uh, six months ago, I was inside in prison and, uh, yeah, I uh, got help. And uh, yeah, things are going well. Good man. Good. And did you start well. training inside or what? Yes, to be quite honest, I've had a, I had enough of it all. I'm in and out with twenty years. Um, okay. Yeah, just drinking and drugging and wasting my life away. To be quite honest. Okay. Okay. You know, I'm just fed up of waste everything. You know, and I just got fed up, and I went in there. And the first day I went in there again, I just decided to stop everything. 
How long were you, exactly. how long were you no, in for? Four months this time, three months to the day. Okay, okay. And you just decided, right, this is it. I had enough inside there and I asked him inside there that I need someone to talk to. I was yeah. kind of talking to a person out here, but he got moved. Okay, okay. You know, it's really important that people talk because if they don't, you know, it just blows up inside you. Yeah, and you were kind of, uh, like you said, in and out to the prison for 20 years. And in you... and out, in and out. It's the only door that stays open. I call it the hotel on top of the hill. Nice way of putting it. And you just decided, I've had enough. I need to talk to someone. What happened then? How did how did it go from there? I mean, then I said to the governor, said to the governor man, he said, yeah, this is, I need to see someone. He said, my head's not right. I goes, I need to talk to someone. Okay. Because I found out before, holding it all in, it's not good. I see. So before I started anything, I just needed to see someone. I got talking to a counsellor inside there. It wasn't very often. I only seen him three times, I think. Yeah. In the three months I was in there, because he was full. Yeah. But in the meantime, I started working on myself. All my relationships was done, except my partner, you know, the family, my kids. They all had enough of it. I had enough of it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I was in and I was in and out the last two years. I'm, uh, I was registered as homeless. I was inside there working with Frances Russell. She couldn't do nothing, couldn't even get me into the Vincent's, couldn't get me into the B&B. So when I got back out, back in again. No, that's no excuse about going back in and out. It's just that, yeah, it's hard when you're at home. It's hard when you don't want to be home. <clears throat> and the only way to get anything these days is through all this, you know. And I worked with them inside there, and they said, John, it just seems that the and I've never had dealings with the council. Like, uh, just they, 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 they don't seem to want to help you. So when I got out, I went back in again for the four months, and same thing. I even said to her inside, I said, the reason I'm in here is because of you. The other fellow inside, I call him Gary, gentleman of a fellow, he said, John, you'd know, he says, if that was me, he says, I'd try 100%. Yeah. And I said, yes, I do. You once said she phoned two B&Bs for me. So when I came home... Let's not make it about anybody personally here, I suppose, John, but look, you've got different different responses from different people, I guess, is the best way to put it. But what you need to understand, uh, I'm not the only one in this position. Oh, I'm sure. not the, I was in there. So I know what the, if all the prisoners are saying inside sure, there. Prisoners know, in my position. So I'm, I understand. I'm, not, I'm only trying to look out for them to be quite I honest. Nothing else. I understand. But from the day you looked for help, the, the, the help was there. And you then, when you started to train I got the them. help and I got out. I got the help and I got out. The proper help of Cork Alliance. Uh, oh, yeah, we've, we've, we've spoken to Sheila before. She's done great work. We've spoken to Sheila a few yes, times. I've yeah. been working with her. And okay. I just want a big shout out to her. She's after surgery. I hope she's doing well. Okay. We send our best wishes to her. She's been on the program a few times. They do, they do wonderful work there. So you started training. Was was Who set you the target of the marathon? Or did you decide, right, this is something I'd like to spend my time getting ready for? I started running with my best mate down here. Um, things got all hiccuped inside in Cork uh, with my partner. Yeah, okay. As in, my partner was inside in Cork and when they found out I got out of jail, she's under my tenancy. They didn't want to leave me in the B&B. Okay. So okay. then we had to go down and stay in the coach. So then I came back down to where I'm living and me and my, par- me and my best mate started training. Okay. He's like my, uh, he's like my uh, sponsor. I got you. 
And then he just said he's entering the marathon. So I was only training six weeks. I said I'd ever go off the half. And yeah, it's just 13 miles, to be quite honest. I never in my life ran it in an hour and 57 minutes. Never. An hour and 57. That's brilliant, John. Well done. It was. It was brilliant. Thanks. That's fantastic. And there's a brilliant picture of you here on Facebook. You're fit and healthy, man. No, I am. No, I am. But, like, it takes a lot of work out there. Like, there's a lot of people that I know inside in jail that are dead now. That are dead. Do you know what? They're only going in for a few months and they're coming out. Yeah. And I, I know there's people out there helping them, but you're putting them back into the same position. They're going back into the Vincent. They're going back into the same. And it's rampant with drinking drugs inside there. You know, there's people inside that are saying this to them. Do you know... What you said I to mean, me actually is very a good way of describing things, that the, the prison, it's the only door that's open to you sometimes. Listen, it's a revolving door, you know, and that's the truth. And to be quite honest, you see a lot, and it saves a lot of people, even though they don't like to admit it, it saves a lot of people, but what kind of life is it when you're on the streets and you're going in and you're coming out on the streets? And, do you know, I see them out around the place and, <clears throat> and I know better myself. I'm staying in my mates at the moment with my partner, but at the end of the day, like I'm looking, I've never in my life done this. I never stayed off drink. I never stayed off drugs. Never trained. This is a prison life to me. I always said inside in jail, if I could get this life outside, I would fucking be brilliant. Easy, easy. And to be quite honest, I got it. Yeah, yeah. So, in other words, every time you 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 were going in, I think the, the penny is falling with me here now. You were going into jail. To get clean, sometimes. I was going to, no, not to get clean. Listen, I was going into jail. I was 17 and a half stone, fat from drink, yeah, and tablets. And to be quite honest, mate, I was in the darkest spot I've ever been in. Yeah. And there was no one there. There was no one there to give me a hand, to tell you the truth. Yes. I had officers looking in at me at six o'clock in the morning and I'm on the floor training. Are you all right inside there, John? I am perfectly fine. Do you know, John had a lot to do. John had a lot to overcome. The biggest fight you will ever have is with yourself. People say, oh, the new you was brilliant. It's not the new me at all. This is the old me that was always inside, that was dying to get out. But society had a leg on top of my head because I come from a traveling background, you see. And at a young age, when you're getting bullied and this and that and blah, 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 yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell you the truth. Very hard. You don't be given much of a break. I know. I think I'm the only one inside in jail that got eight months for pissing inside in the cell on the floor because I was twisted. Is that not wasting time inside in prison? Yeah. You know, and money. And money, to be quite honest. Keeping you there is I done expensive. Six yeah. out of that. I done six months out of that. That's about 20 grand. I know. But what? Pissing up against the cell door, which I paid 150 euros to get it cleaned. Yeah. yeah. So what's the, what's, what's the plan now, my man? You've got your medal in your pocket. You're oh, looking fit and well. What's the plan? I am. I, listen, I'm just taking it day by day. I have a load of courses done with Cork Alliance. I have a load of, and uh, Simon Community. Mm. I have 12 applications, 13 applications sent in for work. Good man. 
you know, I just looking and, and I'm helping a couple of people around the place. I'm Man, passing it how, on. How do you stay work? How do you work on staying clean day to day? I don't hang around with Egypt. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? I don't hang around with Egypt, and that's being honest with you. And Egypt would be the same people as myself. Do you know? And that, 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 I just call it as I see it. Do you know? I'm yeah. 42 years old, and I've wasted it. All, my kids are 16 and 15. I've been in jail for all their lives. Tell me about the kids. When Do you, do you see them? Yeah, I've got twins. But yeah, it's a great relationship with them now. Everything is brilliant. Good man. Everything. My life is completely gone alone. It wasn't a right to find God. It was God that found me on the 12th of April, gone to tell you the truth. Tell me a bit about that. You know? Tell me a bit about that. Listen, people, like anyone that knows me knows well I don't be talking stupid. I was on the bus heading into a course. I was coming in from coming in by the Bishop's Town Bell. I was sitting in the back of the bus. It was a wet day. I had a big jacket on. Next thing, all of a sudden, I'm listening to a song on the phone, and boom, my two hands lifted up into the air. I did not up into the air, just up there, shoulder height. I didn't do it. I looked down, I could see my the hairs of my hand lifted. Next thing I get a belt into the chest, but I didn't move. And I got pulled forward on the bus. When I leaned forward down, the tears started rolling down my eyes. When I leaned back and I didn't move, I didn't do none of this. I don't drink, I don't take drugs, don't smoke fags, nothing. When I leaned back, I was the happiest man in the planet. And from that day onward, everything is just after. I think it was, I was living right. But was I mentally, spiritually? No. But no, everything is good with me, thank God. 12th of April. And what do you believe happened yeah. on the boat? And I think, how do I know it was 10 to 10? Because some woman, she's probably listening, Lucy Luce, Lucy Lucy, I don't know, I don't even have her as a friend. No, I do. She sent me a message from God. She said, this is a message from God. At 10 to 10, this is when this experience just stopped my phone and beep, beep. And I picked it up and it said, this is a message from God to you. I was like, man, above. And I'm not one of these fellas that'd be... Okay. I mean, just say a Bible basher and they're not running no and down. That's what I be calling it. But yeah, okay. yeah, everything since then has been absolutely brilliant. Well, I'm delighted. And, as in, like, with me. I'm delighted for you. And thank you very much. Yeah. John, it's an amazing story and a great way to start off our, our week. Positive story that you are in, in jail for the umpteenth time and you just discovered. That turning point in your life, and here you are now, having done the half marathon in an hour and 57, looking fresh and fit and healthy. And we wish you continued success in staying clean and continued success in rebuilding your life. Thank you, John. There's another lovely video, it's only a few seconds long, from the marathon. And we talked months ago, uh, Eber. How are James and JJ? Morning to you. Good morning. How are you? Um, James and JJ are good. They're good. Um, I suppose James still has a bit of a journey to go this year. Um, we still have a good few tests and definitely at least one major surgery ahead. But yeah. all in all, he's great. Remind us again, because we talked at length one morning about about the lads um, and about your yeah. TikTok journey with them. You just yeah. bringing people to Do you mind, remind us again uh, for people who don't know. James and JJ are your two kids and James in particular yeah. has had a difficult start in life. 
Yes. So James was hospitalized at 15 days old and he was hospitalized with neonatal sepsis. And then as well as that, he had a really extensive infection of um, MSSA. So that basically infected different joints on his body from the top of his spine to the tip of his toe. Um, We've recently found out two of his ribs that were infected haven't grown and things like that. So it's kind of one of those things we don't know the long-term effects yet of how extensive this infection has been. But as a whole, he's great. Like he's mm. seven months old now and he's doing his bit of crawling. He's chatting loads. He's eating. So I was going to ask you that. He's whole, making he's his great. little milestones, is he? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's hit all milestones, you know, in perfect timing and things like that, which is a miracle in itself. Yeah, you've amassed a massive... TikTok following and Instagram following through telling yeah. his, his story day to day. Yeah. yeah, well, I suppose it's one of those things if I could help someone, you know, in the situation that we've been in. And actually what I found is more people have helped me than I've helped in the sense that even that little clip that I put up on TikTok, it was actually a follower took that and sent it to me I didn't even like nobody was there to take that video for us so someone in the crowd actually took that of us going up to the finishing line of me my dad and the two boys so that was very special too yeah that's I I take it you didn't run the distance with the two boys up in your arms no (laughs) no I definitely didn't do that that would have been a little bit too much now considering I literally did zero training (laughs) Do you, do, you, do you run? Do you run much? Um, so when I was younger, I used to run for Leeville Athletic Club in Cork City. Um, I ran with them for like 10 or 11 years. Right. And I always loved running. And when I was pregnant with my first little boy, JJ, I ran up until I was like eight months pregnant. Right. Um, and then I was pregnant with James straight after JJ. And I haven't run, I'd say, in over a year and a half, definitely. Right. You've, 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 you've yeah. been too busy, like... <laughs> Yeah, well, this is it. I suppose when I was pregnant with James, I really, really wanted to run the half marathon this year. I was like, you know, it would be such a lovely milestone to hit. And, you know, going for my runs after I had given birth would have been so lovely and whatever. But obviously, you know, my circumstances changed very, very quickly after I had James and it was literally Thursday evening. My dad is amazing. He does ultra marathons. He's like the most fit person I've ever met in my life. Um, He just turned around to me and he said, Emer, like I'll enter the two of us. I'll run it with you. And all we need to do is cross the finish line. So that's what we did. Really? Tell me a bit about your dad. Um, Ultra marathons. Oh, my dad is crazy fit. Like, he's amazing. He's, you name it, he's done it. He literally is unbelievable. Like, he would rather run a marathon in the mountains than on the ground. Like, he doesn't, he doesn't love the road running as much as the mountain running. But yeah, he's done, like, he's done loads of races. He's done the Art O'Neill, like, loads of different ones. Right, yeah. And imagine him saying to you, come on, Ian, we're going to do it. And you're going, are you out of your mind here? I haven't trained, I haven't No, do you know, I ha- there's one thing I have to say about John. If John says, if John tells me to do something, I'm like, okay, we'll do it. And I kind of, once I decided I was going to do it, I was never going to not finish it, if that makes sense. Like, my mind sure. was just switched to he the mode let of... You. No. If he, and, if he had what? to pick you up and carry you, I'd say he yeah. wasn't <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? It was one of those things... It was actually a really lovely kind of full circle moment because I suppose when I was pregnant with James, I didn't realize what was to come. And this was my goal. And then to still, you know, 
get to that goal and even crossing the finish line was actually really emotional when I was holding him. I was crying. I was like, this is just the most like amazing feeling to, you know, he's come so far and now I've done this big thing that I really wanted to do. But, you know, we finished it as a little, you know, as a little family, like we had JJ with my dad, James and myself all crossing the finish line together. And it felt really, I don't know, I'm getting a bit emotional now, but it felt really, I don't know, it felt so like we've come through so much in the last eight months that, you know, crossing the finishing line meant more to me than just crossing the finishing line, you know? Of course. Keep that video. And on on his his 21st birthday, (laughs) put it on the big screen. Yeah, literally. That's the plan anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Emer, congratulations to you and to your dad and best to the family. Um, You can follow her, Miss Hallahan, on TikTok or Instagram. They're just lovely videos. She does stuff all day, every day about her kids and about her life and about... It's it's fun. And I followed her when we I interviewed her a few months ago and in order to do the interview I had to follow her on TikTok and I never unfollowed her afterwards. Sometimes you follow someone and you unfollow them afterwards because well, you know, we've we've had our conversation. But no, uh, Emer's fun. I follow her on TikTok all the time. Thank you. 0818969696. Now there was uh, other videos of people helping one another across the finish line. <laughs> There's a very famous um clip of sporting history of this guy being helped across the finish line of a marathon in a stadium. But I've never seen it happen on the street. And Rachel, people literally just did um, help. You you went back to help someone over the line. Morning. Um, morning, PJ. How are you? Hi. Um, yeah, I was coming in along by Patrick Street along the finish line and there was a man assisting a lady. She was doing the full and her legs were just gone and I had grabbed the lady with the man and we started bringing her up and it was just um, lovely to be able to help someone and I knew she'd put in fierce effort you know to get a full done and I was saying there was no way she wasn't getting to that finish line How, how far had she left to go? I'd say maybe 300 metres Oh, and, and, she um, was, and she was buckling at that stage like my legs were gone like oh. and uh, one of the kind of Red Cross uh, men started coming towards us with a wheelchair and I was like no no she's not getting in the wheelchair she's going to finish this you know yeah. so we managed to get her across the line and then anyone that kind of runs would normally know that you normally have a watch and you normally connect it to your Strava or your Garmin and I started shouting pause her watch pause her watch so she'd have her time. But um, I was looking then, she actually had no watch. So I was like, all right. <laughs> well, well, well done to you. You're a, you sound like you've a bit of experience. Uh, well, I'm running a few years, but to be honest, now you'll laugh, I actually don't enjoy running. I just love the people, the atmosphere and the friendships along the way. And I have never actually completed a full marathon myself, bar last August I did the Ironman. So I did the oh, full marathon just, in just bar the Ironman, like. <laughs> I mean, come on. So that's a swim, a cycle and a marathon. Yeah, but I've never done a standalone marathon. That's so. a, hey, hang on. You've done an Ironman, woman. Oh, I, yeah, I've never even done it. I just did an Ironman. You know, you said, ah, come on. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I think there is less, I've always said, I think there was less pressure to do the Ironman marathon because you have done the other distances. Whereas if you're doing a standalone marathon, I think people go and want a flat out effort which I don't think I could commit to that because I don't enjoy running. So what did you do? Did you do the full? No, I did the half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I could yeah. barely run across the road, woman, so I mean, I can, yeah. <laughs> I'm, never, I'm loving that one. <laughs> I, believe, um, I believe that lady, if I look at her bib number, I believe she did 405 in the mm. full anyway, which is unbelievable in That's that brilliant. red and the heat. It was unbelievable. And it was very frightening on the course, actually. There was a lot of people passed out and needing assistance. So well done to a lot of bystanders, other runners that stopped their race yeah. to help other people along the route. And I was offering other runners water and gels and stuff. Yeah. Because I don't think people realise how much it takes out of you in the heat. I can't imagine. I mean, like the, the, the chap who won, Pavel... He said, he, he said, it wasn't nice, it wasn't fun, it, it was very hot, and he still came in in 2.28. His time was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I was like, could you imagine what he'd do on a cool day? That's the thing. And um, I just want to give a special mention as well. I'm part of the Blackwater Triathlon Club in Formoy. Yeah. And one of our members, Ashley Byrne O'Brien, is actually undergoing um, cancer treatment at the moment. Okay. And a group of them, uh, the Warrior Women, did the 10K in aid of um, Cork Cancer Centre. Right. So they were raising funds for that. So I just want to give a huge shout out to them. That was amazing. Like, and she ran, she ran the ten k and everything. Oh, did she? she ran in it mid, in yeah. mid treatment. Oh, in yeah, and the weekend before, she actually did a triathlon. So Ashley is just amazing. Well, is this a woman who eats gravel with milk for her breakfast or something? <laughs> I know, I know. Actually, so what she's on, but absolutely amazing. I've never seen someone be so upbeat, so positive and just keep going while undergoing cancer treatment. She okay. is phenomenal. That's incredible. When you've given she, her a, you've given yeah. her a, a well deserved mention this morning. And, and well done to you, Rachel, for, as well. And can I just say for anyone as well that might be into triathlon and looking for a race to do, we have our own club race on the eighteenth of June, so Father's Day, if anyone's dad, someone could play the and entry. Tell me something, what what does that entail? Um, so there's three distances. There's the triathlon, so I think that's a 250 meter swim, a 20k bike, and a 5k run. Okay. And it's the River Blackwater, and from why that should be swimming in, so it's a river swim. And um, then there's the Olympic. That no, there's the sprint. Then that's 750 meter swim, 20k bike, and I think 5k run again. Right. And you have the Olympic, so that's. Um, is that 1,500 metre swim, 40k bike and 10k run? Okay, all right. Nice and handy on a day oh. out. Rachel, oh, lovely day out. <laughs> good luck to everyone. And thank you very much. You've brightened up our morning as before you as John and Emer and indeed Georgie, uh, who won the ladies' race. And there were some great stories all over social uh, from the marathon on, day, on, on Sunday. Corks 96 FM.